The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and he has returned. Daniel Bryan is back. Not just in the WWE, not just the Total Bellas, not just the Total Divas, but also right here on Talk to Jericho. For the third time, he has returned to everything, including the WWE. He's telling us all about his miraculous return today. Find out what it took to get cleared to return to the ring. So, so long. It took him three years to get that clearance. And how did he really feel when he was initially forced to retire? He's also talking about his reality show, Total Bellas, that he films with his wife, Bree. He and Bree really did live in John Cena's house with Bree's sister, Nikki, and John, who have now since broken up. Huge Hollywood news. Uh, and the, John's crazy rules are real. Daniel talks about dressing up for dinner, no shoes in the house, some of the other uh, very strict rules that Cena asked them to follow. And Daniel also talks about what he planned to do if WWE did not clear him to get back in the ring, what he's going to do now that he has been cleared, He's got some interesting ideas for the Indies, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and of course, WWE. We talked about this, we filmed it, we recorded it when we were in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and here it is, the return of Daniel Bryan to everything. All right, so we are here in uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and uh, we're just laughing about how we both slept all afternoon, and now we're going to have to deal with the jet lag that you get. Yeah, absolutely, and then the 9.30... For the they bus. changed it, didn't they? Yeah, they changed it to 9.30. And you wouldn't know unless you checked your app. <laughs> and so, like, uh, as somebody who doesn't regularly check the app, I wouldn't have known had I not had an appearance earlier. Mm. And then, like, uh, and then somebody said it, like, you know, oh, I can't believe we have to be there at 9.30 in the morning. I'm like, 9.30 in the morning? Because <laughs> it was 11.30. I'm like, yeah. there's no way that's going to stick. You know, for a show like this, like, you know, it starts at 7. I was like, 11.30 is pretty early or pretty late. For us to be going there. See, I thought I thought it was early. I thought, really? man, I can't believe we're leaving at eleven thirty for for yeah. a seven o'clock show. Though. For a seven o'clock show, yeah. But this is bigger than Mania, right? I mean, kind <laughs> of in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Is it exciting for you though? Because it's like one of your first. I mean, you've only been officially back for like two or three this weeks or whatever fourth, it is. This will be my fourth match. Fourth match. Yeah, this will be my fourth wow. match back. And what was your first match back? Uh, WrestleMania was uh-huh. match number one. Yeah. Uh, match number two was a singles match against AJ Styles on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then match number three was a tag match with AJ against Rusev Day. Okay. So, yeah, I've had... So, check this out. I don't know if you know this, and I told you I had a story to tell you. Um, so, a few weeks before WrestleMania, maybe three or four weeks, I get a call from Vince. He's talking about Shane and his appendix, and or not his appendix, his uh, diverticulitis, and he had an infection in his hand, and he had there was one other thing as well, staff, staff infection, yep. uh, something had gone a wrong, hernia, hernia, that yeah. was it. <laughs> and he goes, listen, like we don't know if he can do mania, and he had somehow looked or got someone to look at what my schedule was, and we had a Fozzie show that day. And originally, I was like, well, why are we competing against WrestleMania? Why don't we just combine it? We'll do an earlier show, then let the venue buy WrestleMania, and I'll watch WrestleMania with all the fans. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I know you're doing a Fozzie show, and then I know you got, uh, you're got you going to watch WrestleMania with the fans. He goes, what would you think about coming to New Orleans if Shane can't do it? Do you know anything about this? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, so I don't. 
it was just it's weird because we're in this stage now where they don't tell the boys anything, anything. right? So right. like they keep all the secrets from the boys right. because they're afraid that the boys are all talking to the dirt sheets <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, and so I asked, I said, when, cause Shane called me and told me, he said, I'm in the hospital right now. I've got diverticulitis while I was in Antigua. Yeah. And then when they were giving me IVs, I got a staph infection from the IVs. And then I have this hernia that's right. like coming out of my stomach. And I was just like, he's like, but don't worry, I'll be ready for mania. I was like, <laughs> what? How? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That's what I and said. So like the next, so I was on my way to TV. So I was actually going through security when he was, he texted me and said, call me. And then all that happened. And then, so then I talked to him and he said that. And so I, when I got the TV the next day, I was like, what are we going to do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly he can't be wrestling. <laughs> and they said, well, he says he's wrestling, but we have a backup and we think it's a pretty good backup. Yeah. But I said, who is it? And they're like, we can't tell you. Ah. We can't, you can't tell me? Like, <laughs> I'm in the match. match right? <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. Shouldn't I know? So, so you're just finding out now? No, I mean, oh, okay. I, I, I had assumed. Gotcha. I had kind of assumed that it like you were the person who makes the most sense right with your right, history right. with kevin and all that kind of stuff and it's so. funny though because it's like we were looking like we were googling airport because there's in hampton beach new hampshire like the most out of the way place so we were looking up like airports close to hampton beach and how long is the charter to get there he's like, okay you can make it right on time and we'll, we'll we'll give you a police escort and you'll basically have to get there and go right into the ring i said listen I got no problem with that. And I know that, that Brian has no problem with it. Kevin and Sammy, especially Sammy, <laughs> are going to have heart attacks calling a WrestleMania match in the ring. I mean, right. obviously, we would have think of some stuff beforehand. But right. like, I can do it. I don't right. have a problem. So yeah. can you. Yeah. We can do it now. Right. But it's like Sammy is going to die of a, of a freaking <laughs> aneurysm if we do that. So anyways, that was uh, the other. And then the same as you. And they finally, uh, next week, Vince like, I think Shane's going to do it. I'm like, how? How is he getting cleared? Yeah. With like, you know, is that even like? How well, do you do that? That was one of the things I was thinking. And, you know, just, just Shane is just, he's fearless, of right? Of course. Well, he's one of us. I mean, yeah. We do the same, well, right? And, well, and it's weird because he had that helicopter crash, right? right? So he was in that helicopter crash. And the pilot was more shaken up than Shane was. And Shane was just like, okay. Yeah. He was keeping the pilot calm. And it's like, it's like one of those things where it's just like, what? Like, yeah, exactly. you're going down in a helicopter. Yeah. How do you not like... He's a McMahon. He's not yeah. going out that way. But yeah, when, when I heard he's going to do it, I'm like, well, A, that's crazy. B, of course he can. I just yeah. didn't know like, how they could get a doctor right. to clear him. But, you know, I guess when your uh, dad owns the company, there's ways to make it work. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about your journey, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's been such a crazy story back and forth about how you're able to come back now you you never really gave up hope like you always said i'm coming back so i didn't always okay so my last match was in 2015 and then they sent me to these neurologists and all these neurologists had cleared me and these were none of these people were my doctors they were doctors wwe would send me right. to but then uh dr maroon he would just look like because i kept a lot of things from him and that's mm -hmm. the thing is that like okay your doctors need to be able to trust you and they didn't trust me because i had lied to them <laughs> so you know <laughs> what like, kind of issues were you were you feeling basically? so i mean i didn't have any so i didn't have any issues mm -hmm. so the issue the things were lying about past stuff so oh. i had four post-concussion seizures which wow. that that's the big that's the big one. That's the big one where it was like, and Brie, so Brie was there for one of them. And so she said, uh, after we'd gotten married, she said, the next concussion you have, you have to tell somebody about it because, and it, it had, by that point it hadn't happened in years, but she said, you have to ask him because she's concerned. I'm concerned too. We wanted to have, we wanted to have a baby. So, uh, so the WWE sends me to, uh, the doctor in Phoenix and so we tell him about the seizures. And I don't know why I was this naive in the sense of like, I thought, okay, I would tell him and I just didn't think it would get back to the office, <laughs> right? But then I, but I also thought, I did think that when I told, when I told him about it, I thought my career would, would be kind of done. Mm -hmm. I was like, if they find out about this, they're not, right. be, but he said, it's actually because of the type of seizures that you have, it's like he actually cleared me. He said, your brain functions so well. And these were isolated incidents with a particular set of circumstances. And so, so he had cleared me, but then, you know, imagine you're Dr. Maroon, you're the head of WWE medical and you've done that. And then all of a sudden you get this report from 
about one of the talents talking about seizures, post-concussion seizures. And then, you know, it's hard to regain trust after that. Sure. So, uh, so yeah. So then it's been like, I wasn't having any issues. I felt great. And I think that was one of the problems. And then in February of 2016, I had taken, so because I was trying, I was going and doing all this weird stuff, trying to get cleared. Right. So it's like, like, so, uh, I would, so I had heard about this certain type of testing that isn't necessarily used for diagnosis, but it's like that was used in MMA athletes and stuff like that. And so I was going and doing that and all these different types of stuff. And so, but I had been cleared by Dr. Cardenas, who was at Barrows Neurological, who's one of the best in the country. I'd been cleared by UCLA at that point, uh, a team of doctors at UCLA, but uh, they still wouldn't clear me in for valid reasons because more so because I think of the trust thing. And just if something happens, People were gonna say, "How did you clear this guy with this?" Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I was going and do like, like, oh, okay. Well, I heard of this this thing out in New York State, and so they hooked my brain up to all this EEG stuff, and then had me do reflex testing. Well, what it showed is that my reflexes are a little slow in the temporal parietal region of my brain. But when you read the report, what it says is it says slowing in the temporal parietal region of the brain seems to indicate a uh, small acute lesion or subacute lesion in the temporal parietal region of the brain. I'm like, mm. I have a lesion in my brain? <laughs> and it's like, you know, and, and I, at this point, I was trying to be very forthcoming and honest with everybody about everything that I was doing because mm-hmm. that was one of the, the setbacks. Had to right. Know. And so when I got that report, I was like, oh. And Vincent a- asked me, he said, when you get this report back, let me know. Because he was kind of starting to almost be on my side a little bit. Like, all these doctors had cleared me. And so, well, let me know what the New York doctors say. And then, you know, yeah, yeah. So I called him and I told him. And he's like, well, it's good that we know now. And then, like, two days later, he called me and said, hey, I want you to retire in Seattle. <laughs> and so it's like, wow. Yeah. And then, so so that was two days later, he said he called and told me he'd like me to retire in Seattle, which was two days from the day that he called me. And so, but at that point I was like, if I do have what, what most people, when you think of a lesion, you think of like a cut. Mm -hmm. And so if I have a cut on my brain, I like, I always thought I don't want to wrestle if it's bad for me. Like Mm -hmm. if, if I shouldn't be wrestling, I I don't want to wrestle. I'm not going to tough through it or whatever. And so, um, so that made all the sense in the world to me. And then I retired and it got like a bunch of, I mean. Well, let's talk about that night though. Cause I remember I was there in Seattle when you yeah. did that speech. It's one of the, I mean, greatest in a sad way moments in raw history. Was that just all completely from the heart? Did you actually have someone write stuff for you? Did you write no, it all yourself? So I wrote it all myself, but I didn't necessarily write it. I was, I was trying to formulate what I wanted to say because how I felt was not how I wanted to present myself. If, if that was going to be my last, if that was my last time talking about it yeah i don't want i don't want to talk about my how i really felt was devastated yeah and i didn't want to make it about being devastated i wanted to think about i wanted to present it as because if my career had ended then the way i thought it was where it was like maybe i shouldn't wrestle anymore i'm very grateful for the career that I had, like 16 years being able to do this, like wrestling all over the world. And like, it's, it's a cool job. Like I haven't had to have a real job <laughs> since I worked at a video store slash tanning salon <laughs> in like 2001. <laughs> like kids today don't even know what video stores right, are. Right? right. You know, like, and it's just, a, with just a small town video store with a tanning salon in it, which just seems like a absurd concept and it's like that was my last real job and besides that all I've done is this really fun thing that we get to do and go around the world and so it's just like getting to meet awesome people and doing cool stuff and so I that's that's how I wanted to present it and I tried to make myself feel that and a lot of times I did but there were also times where it's just like devastating Mm. and and I tried to push that part of my my mindset back and focus on the gratitude part. So, so yeah, so that's why in the, in the, when I talked about it, I had to keep saying gratitude to focus myself, right. To, to remind myself of, of how lucky I am. So yeah, so, so that was kind of that. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So what were you going to do like in your mind? Because like, you thought you had the lesion, which to yeah. me, you said, to me, it seems like a sore. Uh-huh. Or like some kind of like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. some kind of a, like you, same thing, like scarring yeah. on your brain or something. Um, so did you have an idea of like, what do I do now? Um, cause I remember they were going to do like a bunch of Daniel Bryan tribute shows with you there and you just said no way. Well, I, what ended up happening. So we were filming, we started filming the first season of Total Bellas. So then they, Bree and I are living in John's house and Bree's on the road still full time. There's all these cameras around us, right? Was that a shoot? Did you really live in John's house? Yeah. With all live, weird rules Yeah, and stuff? yeah. And so like... We were there, and it was, like, super high stress. And it was also, like, when you're going through something challenging like that, you kind of, I, I would want to be around my friends and family. Yeah. And not to say that I don't love Bree's family, because I do. Right. But those aren't the people that I'm closest to that I... Not I need yours, yeah. Yeah, I need to be around my family, mm. right? And, like, uh, I literally just had this mental breakdown where I was just lost it. And so I ended up leaving... Just leaving. Like, just... I just left. In the middle of the show? In the middle of the show. What was worse, the fact you couldn't wrestle or the fact that Johnny Ace is now your dad? <laughs> I missed their wedding. <laughs> I missed their wedding because of my mental breakdown. Okay, okay. And so you so, just walked out. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just... I. They were going to do Kathy, Bree's mom's bachelorette party that day. And I literally, I just... Couldn't take I it. I couldn't do it anymore, and I yeah. left. And so... And then... So I went back to Phoenix, but then I went back to Washington. There, I kind of like mentally emotionally healed for a little bit and then i felt a lot better and then i came up with plan i had uh i was gonna go back to college i was gonna go to i had signed up for this um sustainability course uh like there's a thing called permaculture which is sustainable agriculture kind of (laughs) so like so yeah but it's like one of the best permaculture courses in the country is up on orcas island in washington state and i had signed up for that and so like and then um i was my i had been accepted into asu actually i'd actually gotten a scholarship which is strange (laughs) because i because i didn't realize that your grades your grades kind of transfer, even uh, though the last time I went to college was like 2006. And so, like, and so, like, yeah, I mean, because of your grades and everything, you get a, a scholarship of this amount wow, for okay. ASU, uh, for uh, biology and ecology and that sort of thing. So that was my plan. Then they called me to do the GM thing. And so they had asked me a little bit before. They had said when they were doing the Cruiserweight Classic, they said, do you want to come be a commentator for it? I know that you just retired and I don't know if we don't know if you want to be around it. And this was Hunter and we don't know if you want to be around it, but just throwing it out there, we think you'd be great for it. I said, I'd love to do that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Nobody asked me about being GM. And so it was just like, it threw this monkey wrench in, the, in all of these plans that I had to, to get away from wrestling. So I'm going to rewind a little bit after I had retired the doctor in Phoenix at, from Barris Neurological, Dr. Cardenas, he called me and he said, what happened? Like, how you retired, I mean, like, your brain is fine. Like, there's... Mm. And, and I said, well, I got this report and I sent it over to About him, the lesion? About the lesion. And he said, so, this is not... A lesion in medical terms is not what you're thinking a lesion is. A lesion just means something is causing a slowing reaction in your brain. And because they don't know what it is, they call, they're calling it a lesion. But he said, well, when you look at this, it's not actually slow. It depends on who you're comparing it to. Mm. If you're comparing it to the general population, it's normal. Mm. But if you're comparing it to like MMA athletes or people like that who, are, who need fast reflexes, then it's slow. It's slower than you would expect of a professional athlete. But as you know, like, I don't, 
need to have professional athletes reflexes right, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. and so and so when he explained that to me i was just like oh man is this just like a a big mistake and all this kind of stuff you know so anyways but i was still i had accepted kind of the decision until they brought me back as gm and then i just have to be around it every week and then because of i'm still doing a decent amount of traveling with that oh, yeah. and then i'm having to sit like at ringside for matches and it's just like did that yeah. hurt uh it hurt and it was also just like what am i doing mm. like because and this is the this is the part of me that is very like what a sissy I am. As far as like <laughs> lots of people go to their jobs that they don't like and make way less money than me being the GM of SmackDown. But I could not get out of this mental space of being like, gosh, do I hate, hate See, I understand here. though because it was taken away from you. Yeah. That's why. Right. And so, and so it, like I really disliked, I literally disliked going to work every week. Oh, and wow. anytime, like there would be times where I'd fly in and I'd get the script for the show and if I just had like a backstage, I'd try to like, and you know how hard it is to try to get stuff filmed before the show. Yeah. I would push as, as many people as I could to be like, hey, let's get, the, and try to just leave that night. So just you could go, yeah. Just so I could get out of there, yeah. you know? And so, uh, so yeah, so that was kind of, that's when it really started to be, that's when I really started to like, okay, I'm not going to accept this anymore. I'm just, I'm going to come back. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's what it is. Because of, of, of what the doctor told you about, your your brain is technically okay. Yes, and and not only that. So this is what he said. He said the problem with because I went and did some experimental stuff and stuff that's not approved by the FDA. He said the problem with doing that stuff. And this is when he talked to me um, recently because they sent me to him again. So they sent me to another a ton more doctors before they would clear me here. Um, and so he 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 said this is the thing like it was awesome like as far as self knowledge that you're willing to go and try these things the problem with doing that is none of these things are fda approved so even if you if that test were to say yeah your brain is great it doesn't mean anything to the other people because yeah. they're not fda approved right. and then if it's if it flags you for something even it may not be valid cuz it's not fda approved so it's like and not to say that the the I don't know, and I don't even know if I'm saying it right, because FDA is the Food and Drug Administration, so maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And so uh, so it's not approved stuff. So you doing it is good for your own self-knowledge, but it doesn't help you get cleared. Yeah. So like I did 80-plus hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments. Which, what is that? So you sit in this <laughs> tank, and you're it's goes to a really high pressure and then you have these uh, and then it's filled with oxygen and the idea I'm gonna mess this up but the idea is that you get more oxygen and your brain receives more oxygen mm. for healing but a lot of athletes do it just to heal their body in general so is your head above the, the no, no 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 I'm in I'm in a sauna or something no I'm in a tank oh, tank. so okay. <laughs> I'm in like I'm in a miniature submarine <laughs> and so uh, so yeah, so you go in there and it, it pumps in all this ox oxygen into your brain. And I was working with the Joe Namath Institute in right, Florida. Right, Joe Namath thing, right? Yeah, and so, um, but again, so they're doing stuff to get like there's all this testing going on throughout the United States with the hyperbaric oxygen therapy stuff, and they're in one of the trials with that, but it's not approved. So it's like when I talked to one of the doctors about it. Uh, who cleared me, like when I said, and I've, and I've completed over 80 hyperbaric oxygen. Now, you have to understand, each one of these sessions is like an hour and a half long, and it's 45 minutes from my house. So I go 45 minutes, I'm there for an hour and a half, then another 45 minutes back. So it's like a three-hour investment. And a lot of times I was going twice a day. and like Yeah, I was putting my time in. And so I, and when I said, you know, I've done over 80 hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments, he laughed at me. Because of, you know, a lot, like... That isn't proven to work. And I was just like, uh, you know, like I felt benefits from it. But So how, how was it supposed to work? It gives you more oxygen, which helps your brain yeah, function better? Yeah, which helps your brain function better. And my brain, the thing was is that my brain didn't need to function better to perform better on these tests that they, but I, I was trying to do everything I could to just show, hey, I'm good to go. Right. right. So I was going above, I was trying to go above and beyond. Um, Dr. Cardenas, the guy uh, at Barrows Neurological, he said, I really felt like we dotted our I's and, t and crossed our T's in 2015 when he, when he saw me. 
He said, but you've really like made a big scratch above the eye and really slashed across the T to make sure that everything is is like right. good. So, right. so yeah. So that's kind of. So how were you able to finally convince uh, Doctor Maroon and, and, and WWE that you were okay to come back? So, gosh, I mean, it wasn't. It, I had a conversation with Vince, and I had pushed to him. He had asked me all these questions. Well, what happens if you get another concussion? Or what happens if this? Or what happens if that? And I had kind of an answers for him. And I laid it out. And so, like, I would have a different concussion protocol than everybody else. So, like, uh, and this is w one of my pitches to him is that, you know, one of the things is, is that, and this happens in every sport, hockey, football, soccer, everything. When guys, they get a concussion and a trainer goes over to him and goes, are you okay? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Do you have a concussion? No, 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 I'm fine. <laughs> That's everybody, right. myself included, mm -hmm. right? So to stop that, because that's been an issue with me before, is that I'd literally, like, if I'd had a concussion, I'd just walk off. And they'd <laughs> uh, Luke Harper has a story cause at, from Providence, Rhode Island, which is um, my second to last concussion. Like, they couldn't... I kept wandering off around the building. I was looking for my, my filtered water bottle, and oh. like they, they couldn't keep track of me. The show was over. It had been yeah, over yeah, for yeah. a long time, and then there I am just wandering, wandering around. around the building. And so, uh, so, But my thing was is that, okay, after every match, this is my proposal. I have to go to the trainer's room. They do all the checks and all that kind of stuff, and if I don't do it, maybe there's a fine or there's something like that. So you know, every after every match I get checked, which they've actually instituted. That's what's happening now. Is wow. I, is I get yeah, I get checked after I get checked after every, like I not even thanking your opponents or anything like that. Like WrestleMania, I walk straight through Gorilla, no thank yous to anybody, straight to the doctors and then I get checked. What do they do? So they do all like just kind of basic neurological stuff. Um uh, checking to make sure that eyes and everything, everything. Yeah, 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 and so, um, and so, yeah, so that's and we're revising that as we go because it's new for them too. Mm -hmm. But so that was my thing to Vince, and then so he said, "Well, type that up, put that in an email to Doctor Maroon, and say this." And Doctor Maroon, and I give Doctor Maroon a lot of credit because it's hard to reverse your opinion when you're such a well-respected sure. person. After, especially when you became such a hot button topic, yeah, that's why I thought like I didn't know like if you never got uh, cleared, it would be because you be you become such a a name that if anything ever happened, it's, see we right. told you, right. we told you, right? right, yeah. And so, um, and so I I have a lot of respect for Doctor Maroon because he was willing to say like, okay, I my opinion might not be right on this, and he sent me to he said these are the three these are the three neurologist that I think are the best neurologists and so he sent me to those three neurologists and then I ended up having to go be sent to a couple more but he didn't send me to neurologist because he could have easily sent me to neurologist that would have just confirmed his opinion hmm. that would have he could have sent me to just somebody who would have said well I don't know due to your history or whatever it is but he's no he sent me to the people who are doing the latest the that have all the most best recent concussion research. Those are the people that he sent me to. And so he didn't send me, he didn't want just somebody, a layup who confirms his own opinion. He wanted to get to the right answer. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of respect for him for that. And that at the end of the day, it's not Dr. Cardenas, it's not Dr. Kutcher in, in Michigan who was awesome. I saw him. It wasn't UCLA. It wasn't um, the other neurologist. If I get hurt... It doesn't go to those people. It goes to Dr. Maroon. Right, exactly. He's the head of medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I have a lot of respect for him for that. But that's that was kind of the beginning of the process. And then it was just like, okay, we're going to send you this person. We're going to send you this person. We're going to send you this person. Okay, now if we do clear to wrestle, what's that going to look like? You know, like all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. What's your schedule going to be like? Turns out we haven't really talked about the schedule much, and they've just thrown me into live events. And so, <laughs> so now, now I'm on that full European tour, and like you know, so back to the full time. Well, I stuff. love it too. They're protecting you too by giving you the most painful move I've ever taken—the power bomb onto the apron. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good way to come back. Well, so the the thing could have given you a few hip tosses first. Yeah. So the idea was—I mean, the idea is if you're cleared, you're cleared, right? And full bore, yeah. And, and so, and that's. I mean, it's one thing if I had a back and neck injury or something like that, but as far as I know, Kevin's never hurt anybody on that 
Oh no! Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not not maliciously. It just hurts because yeah, of the just, way you bump it, yeah. on it. It just hurts. You know, <laughs> it just the hurts. Way it is. Yeah, it's it funny because I took it the first time uh, in Las Vegas. We did the Festival of Friendship, uh-huh. and he's telling me about. It. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm, I got to be out for three weeks. What a great way to put me out!" And he yeah. gave it to me, and I like, "Oh my gosh!" I was just like, <laughs> and then at Mania, it's like, "Wow." Hit me with it again, roll me in and pin me. And uh-huh. it was like that second one, I reached, I turned, I was like, uh-huh. I, can't, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll hurt myself by like right. not taking it, even if there's any proper way to take it. Anyway, so when yeah. I saw you take it, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. back in. Yeah. When did you find out that you were cleared? Literally, the. So uh, they made the announcement on the Tuesday. I found out at 9 30 p.m. Monday night, the night before. And. Uh, and apparently, it was still kind of being talked about Tuesday morning as far as whether or not they were actually going to... Like, I had got... Dr. Maroon, like, it, it made me cry. He had, like, so he had already left. I was in Bahrain and Abu Dhabi doing the Special Olympics and stuff. Oh, flew, wow. flew back to Dallas, which is where the show was. And then they, they'd call me, like, the day before, hey, you need to go to Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. So I go, go to Dallas... Go to Pittsburgh, land at seven, go straight to Dr. Moon's office. Four doctors there waiting for me, going through all these like tests and scans and talking to me and all this kind of stuff. And then at 9.30 at night, uh, Dr. Moon at this, that point had already left, but he left me a sheet of paper and it said, it's been a long time, finally you're cleared. And I just, oh, wow. I cried. Yeah. How did that feel? Uh, I was like, it was kind of, I was preparing myself to not be cleared, right? I just... When they, when Dr. Maroon had sent me to three doctors, when they had sent me to three doctors, and then they were like, okay, now go to another doctor, and now go to another doctor, I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just like, oh, like, he's, he's now, in hindsight, I see it as he's just protecting himself, right, as far as like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. do, but... For me, in the moment, it's feeling like they're just going to send me to doctors until somebody says no. And so, (laughs) and so, uh, and so, yeah, I had, but I mean, that was even still, that was like, uh, so it was like, it was this big, like, I, I cried. I called Bree. She cried and she's not a big crier. And it's like, cause we've been going through this together, you Mm -hmm. know, like she, it's funny. We talked about it cause we just had our four year wedding anniversary in the four years that we've been married. I've only wrestled during that time for about four months because I had my neck surgery. I was out, came back. I was on the road for four months and then I had the concussion thing and hadn't wrestled since. And so so amazing. You had that big main event WrestleMania where you won the title. Yep. Then you got hurt. Yep. Then you came back, won another title. Yep. Then you got hurt. Yep. It was just like just this horrible things of one thing after another happening. Yeah. Um, When when you, when you were thinking about it, when you thought um, that Maroon might not clear you or they might just keep sending you until someone said no, because I know you were telling me and it's public knowledge that your contract is up very soon. September 1st. September 1st. Were yeah. you about to go? Yes. And, and one, one, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, so yeah, I, I had, at that point I was just like, you know what? I'm going to wrestle. Like I love to wrestle. Like it's, 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 it's just a part of me. Right. And knowing that I didn't feel like I got a status, I didn't get a satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. Right. I wasn't ready to be done. It's interesting because had I just, kept wrestling if when i got cleared in 2015 like if 2015 a couple weeks after that concussion and they put me back in there and i wrestle by now i might be ready to be like okay i'm ready to be done you know what i mean but because it was taken away now i'm just like i i was ready to go to i wanted to go to kind of new japan ring of honor and cmll Mm -hmm. like i hadn't i'd done a couple i've done a little bit in mexico but i always wanted to do even though there's no money there like like in comparison i wanted to do like mask and hair matches and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and so i think you probably could have done some decent business there because there is money there and plus with you coming in with your name value you know like i started my career in mexico so i know what you're saying i've had mask matches and hair matches in arena mexico just being in there yeah it's part of the of the journey yeah well and you know um because i was trying to research like okay how would i wrestle if i come back because i need to wrestle kind of a safer style austin had actually gotten on me about that uh when i came back from my neck surgery Mm. he was like you he had given me a call it was actually it's crazy because like 
1996 when he did the Austin 316 promo. I was still in high school, right? Yeah. Like I'm just this, just this fan, right? Yeah. And then the first time he calls, he's like, "Whoa, I just got called by Steve Always. Austin." Yeah, yeah. And the thing with Steve is he's not much of a texter. He's still the last guy I still talk to on the phone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He only wants to call. Yeah. yeah and so he called, but he had called me, and he's like, "Uh, you know, it's not it's not my place to tell you this, but I." The, think i should and we talked for about 45 minutes about the need to change my style and all that kind of stuff and so uh, i was looking at okay what's the best way to do it because you know he's talking about jerry lawler and i love watching jerry lawler wrestle but you can't necessarily translate jerry lawler style to wwe now and especially with the way things are and so like mixing things and who are the guys like negro casas is still awesome and he's like, 10 years old than me, so he's 57. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's still 50, awesome. Still awesome. Yeah. And still doing his thing. And so it's like, you know, so that kind of stuff. And I'd gotten really deep into this Lucha lore, right? Like I've, I'd gotten into this deep 80s Lucha th thing where I was just like trying to find as much 80s Lucha as I could on YouTube, <laughs> which is just weird. You know, there's so many little rabbit holes to go it's down so into. so different from today's Lucha. Too. Yeah, like yeah. High Flyer was like Super Astro. Who did like yeah. Like headbutt or something. Yeah. And so like, uh, and so I, I just did this deep dive into 80s lucha and so i was just like man and then i became obsessed with like i want to do mask and hair matches i want to go around and collect all these masks <laughs> and then whoever their big masked guy is I, then he'll take my hair yeah, and hair maybe out. my, yeah, yeah, my beard, beard too, and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah, yeah so so you wanted to do that and then obviously now with the ring of honor new japan you look at yeah. guys like young bucks and kenny and yeah. cody i mean they're ruling the world yeah you know outside of here and i could see you obviously would have fit in there in one day if you yeah be. well and one of the things that i thought is one of the things that so bullet club especially is very hot right but they need somebody to go against mm -hmm. right and so it's like like as far as something that would draw money and interest and bring independent wrestling to another level like I thought that that's that's it, what and then and then you came in and just did it, and so it's just like without the. But I mean, like, but it's true. Like the right. New Japan's, like there was more interest in the New Japan Dome show, absolutely ever before in America because all of a sudden, okay, you've got the Bullet Club who's super hot, Kenny Omega who's super hot, and then now you've got Chris Jericho who's mm. in it too, and now it's like holy cow, this match, right? You know, so it's like that's what I was thinking as far as like a long term thing that could we could do that for a couple of years right it opens it was, up like a dozen dream matches yeah just so, one guy coming in yeah can open up like you said like months and years of, of programming yeah right so and because you had worked for ring of honor before yes <clears throat> but now to go back there they're pretty hot like independent wrestling is so hot right now yeah probably more than than maybe ever since maybe the 80s or something yeah and you know it's crazy because there's uh the availability thing right mm -hmm. and so uh it's interesting i read a lot like mm -hmm. just a lot and so uh, reading so there's there's no show like i want to say like the johnny carson show that everybody watches right. right everybody across society watches this one show you have people who are like i love breaking bad or you have people who are like i like game of thrones or whatever it is and not everything but these people who get into it they get deep into it right and now the people who are deep into there's so many people who are there's less general fans maybe of pro wrestling in the united states but there's more deep yes. fans yeah. than there ever have been before and the ability to like if you were a wrestling nerd like i was in high school who just couldn't who couldn't see enough wrestling well actually you can't there's no there's an endless amount of wrestling for you to yeah. watch oh yeah like so so yeah so i mean it's created all these new hardcore fans who are deep into into professional wrestling and follow things like ring of honor or pro wrestling gorilla or follow the stuff in japan or follow what's going on in mexico and all that kind of stuff so i mean it's really neat were you watching a lot of the stuff? No. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested. Um, so when when um, when I did the Tokyo Dome show, there's a lot of people saying like, you know, wrestling fans, God bless. But how's Jericho gonna keep up with Kenny Omega? And how's he gonna do it? And it's like, I don't have to keep up with anybody because we're gonna do the match my way. Obviously, I know what Kenny can do and his style, but it's like I'm not gonna go in there and start taking you know uh, dragon suplexes off the top rope into the ring, like you mentioned. Like you're watching the style of everybody's matches. It's like the style is good wrestling is good wrestling. 
that's yeah. the style. Absolutely. You know, and I was laughing about that when people were like, oh my God, it's the best match of Jericho's career and whatever. Like, n whether you think so or not, the fact that anybody even doubted me or would doubt you on if you can do a certain style, of course we can. This is what we do. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, and you know, it's, it's always interesting to me because I think the difference in styles is actually what makes things interesting. If right. you just have the same people around all the time, uh, just working the same kind of style, like you coming in makes it what what is this going to be? It's going to be exactly. It's going to be different, you know. Right. So I and I always think that that's unique and interesting in, in any form of entertainment. So well, it's interesting too because like like I've, I've been working here for seventeen years after you know working around the world like you did, and going to New Japan just seeing like the big difference in like you know we talk about WWE style. Basically, what WWE style is knowing how to put on a, a proper match. And why I say that is like there's a lot of stuff going on in the New Japan style where it's like very indie-rific. Mm -hmm. A lot of cheap shots in front of the ref and just mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like stuff that we would never do. Right. Because it just doesn't make sense. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. The guy will pull out a chair and hit somebody right in front of red shoes. I'm like, that's a DQ. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, why is that not a DQ? Yeah. You know, and so those, that's why, like, for our match, we had it as a no DQ match because I didn't want to have those bad habits that they have there. Right. And, and not saying that, I mean, it's just the Japanese way. Yeah. You know, and that's like working here. Right. We really do learn a lot about that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but I think there's inherent flaws in any style because yes. once you once you get involved in kind of the same people running things for the same yes. time, they have a certain viewpoint on it that outsiders will probably look at it and be like, "Hey, wait a second, why why is this happening, or why is why is that happening?" And the same thing with New Japan or with Lucha. Some people watch Lucha and they're like, "I don't get it." Yeah. And that was me for the longest yeah. time. I'd watch it. But that like, doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, yeah. Start watching. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. And then you start to understand, oh, this is this is what this is, and this is what that is, or whatever it is, and this yeah. is this is just the rules. This is how it operates. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's very strange how every fall, whenever one guy loses, the other two lose really quickly. Right? Now. Yeah. It's a very strange thing. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever rock and wrestling rager at sea. Picture this rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018, from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. You mentioned Cody, um, and you guys used to actually travel together. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of, of, of him now in comparison to when he was here? And did he talk to you before he left and ask your advice at all? Or? So I don't remember if we talked much before. He didn't. I don't think he necessarily asked my advice, but I think I think he's done such a great job as far as, like, uh, he's gone out and, you know, he was willing to work hard and he was also willing to not he didn't jack up his price right he wasn't like he was like i want to work what's a price that can get me booked every weekend th three shows a week every weekend i because i want to prove i want to prove to everybody that i'm better than what wwe made me yeah as opposed to a lot of people who's like oh well i was a wd wwe guy so five grand a show yeah, yeah five grand a show it's like well most promoters can't afford that you know and so he and like I mean and he's just been smart because he's so different and he's so different from the the independent wrestlers that are known as independent wrestlers right and that, that's what makes him awesome and what makes it unique and like it's a it's a difference in style so and he brings so much I you know I don't watch it I, I've only watched a couple episodes but the the Young Bucks YouTube show that he's so good in that. It's so yeah. funny and he's Being like, elite, yeah. yeah, he's really come into his own. Like the last time I saw him, I was like, dude, you you are now a bona fide main eventer. Yeah, you know, like there's no doubt. And he wasn't here. Yeah, and that's something that I think a lot of guys should take take notice of. You know, I mean, some guys have. I mean, Ryback he left and nothing really went happened or, or swagger. But Cody's a good example 
of somebody who left on his own mm-hmm. and really showed what he could do. Well, and I think it's also the attitude that you have when you leave. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you what do you want out of leaving? Like, because he left on he left because he wanted to leave. He didn't leave because his contract was up or they fired him or the, anything like that. He left because you know what? I I I am better than what they're giving me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go out and prove it. Did you and you guys used to? Did you used to ride with Ryback as well? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you must do you have some road stories from you guys? I, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's there's very few road stories that I feel comfortable sharing, just because <laughs> it was a lot of. Ryback is a very funny character. I love him. He's so he's such a a, a nice human being, but he's so easy to rile up. <laughs> like, uh, and so so yeah. But I mean, there's. There's, I mean, there's a ton of stories that I can't, but it's just the daily stuff. You know, it's the daily stuff yeah. that you just constantly giving a guy a hard time and all that kind of stuff. And then he explodes. Such and, a unique individual, too, yeah. with his positive thinking, all that stuff is easy to get under his skin. Oh, yeah, yeah. You would think with being such a positive thinker, and I would tell him this all the time, I think with you thinking so positively and just like, okay, you know, and that he was big into the secret, right? So it's like things are supposed to happen how they're supposed to happen and all this kind of stuff that you would just be okay with everything that happens. But that's not, that's not how it is. It's just, you know, so uh, the, one of the rumors before uh, you were cleared is that was that they were going to have you do all in big show that they're doing. So I don't, I don't even know. So all in, they didn't talk to me about it. Well, Cody had kind of texted me. He didn't text me when they announced the date of the show. When they announced the date of the show, I don't think it would have been possible because the date of the show is because the, they announced that bef- well before I was cleared. And the date of the show is actually the day that my contract expires. <laughs> and so it's like... Does that mean you could do it? I don't know. <laughs> I, would have, I would have to, would have to guess, get a, a lawyer to see... I guess like, like August 31st at midnight, it's, it expires, or September 1st, 1st at, at midnight. midnight yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, one or the other. One of the legal like, yeah. Well, with those Ring of Honor shows, they're so freaking long anyway. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, could have, they we, probably could have done that. You could have had me come out in a full body suit with a mask, and then at midnight, <laughs> I get unmasked. Yeah. That's 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 the, that, yeah. So what... Uh, now that you're back and was did you feel anything like you know because and if you're gone for a while some guys it, you can train every day and do all the cardio in the world but when you get back in there it's, it's a different story uh-huh. uh, for me I had that dome match I hadn't worked in seven months I was fine I went 40 minutes or whatever no problem at all was it was it the same for you? Yeah, I, yeah. and it was. It, I had no problem at all. The one time that I got tired at WrestleMania when I'm doing these drop kicks corner to corner like five times in a row, I was like, "Oh man, I'm tired. <laughs> Take a breath." Okay, I'm good. And then, uh, and then I was actually kind of concerned because then I did an AJ Styles singles match on SmackDown. I was like, "Oh man, like uh, 15 minutes total. It's about 12 minutes of TV time, and it's yeah, just yeah. like." Like, ah, uh, I don't know cardio-wise if I'm going to be up for this. But turns out I wasn't tired at all. Yeah. And it's like, uh, so yeah, but I've also, it's crazy because I've also lost a significant amount of weight. Mm. Um, and I was thinking, because I honestly thought WWE wasn't going to clear me. So I was like, I, it's okay if I'm 185 pounds on the independence in Japan. Um, whereas like when I was in WWE, I was always like in between 195 and 205, right? And so I had, uh, I just feels better on my joints being lighter and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, oh, you're clear. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm really small. <laughs> so, does it really matter though? Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it matters less now. But so what I honestly do think though, that it does it does matter to the general audience. And I'm not talking about the hardcore wrestling fans. I'm talking about like the casual person who turns who turns on the television. You watch Braun Strowman, right? And if you're a, even the hardcore fans like him because he's so different because he's this big monster like that sort of thing. But I think one of the things that people need to believe is that like because my big match that I want to do and who knows if it'll ever happen because of what he's doing. But I want to wrestle Brock right Mm -hmm. but you need to look a certain way to be able like you need to be at least AJ like when AJ Styles wrestled Brock and that's borderline you need to be believable like as much as I like we were just I don't know if we got to it before the thing cut out but as much as I like Zack Sabre Jr. 
if Zack Sabre Jr. were wrestling Brock, I wouldn't buy it. Except Brock would snap him in two. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah, very, like, very like, yeah. thin guy. Yeah. But then you look back to when Eddie worked with Brock, one of the best matches Brock maybe ever had. Yeah. But Eddie was always pretty good. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, too, he, yeah. yeah, he always looked great. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so I, like, I was, I was more concerned about that than kind of anything else and trying to get gear on such short notice because it was just like, because I didn't have, we're in San Diego, our gear, who knows where my gear is, it's somewhere, you know, I'd given some to WWE for their stuff and so yeah. it's like, do I have any gear? Oh, I can kind of throw some stuff together, but right, right, uh, right. Did you have to get any new boots or anything, or did you have the boots? No, I just got some amateur wrestling shoes. Oh, wow. Yeah, some camouflage amateur wrestling shoes that I got at a uh, Dick's Sporting Goods <laughs> for $35. If people, if people only knew, right? right? yeah, yeah. Like multi-million dollar athletes with, like, you know, holes in the bottom of our boots <laughs> right. and tape holding the kick pads on and everything. Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, I think I texted you about this. I was watching something you just did, watching your first match in WWE ever, which mm -hmm. was against me. Yeah. The NXT one. And you kind of were watching it and commentating as it went. Uh -huh. I, I thought it's that's uh, it was pretty fun to watch because I had forgotten. I mean, I remember that we had had it, uh -huh. but I'd never watched it. Yeah. So to watch it back was really cool. And it's hard to believe it was eight years ago. Nine oh my years gosh! Ago yeah, like yeah, 2010. Yeah. So they did that as part of uh, the Bella Twins YouTube channel. Like all of a sudden they're filming us at our house. I feel like I feel like I never. Stop being filmed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's just a between the reality shows and the YouTube shows and then WWE doing stuff. It's just like I'm constantly always <laughs> on camera or whatever it is. And, um, and so, yeah, they're like, okay, well, Brie is getting changed before she does the next thing. Do you mind if we just film you watching your match with Chris? I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, and then, you know, to me, this is how I would watch it. Right. <laughs> You're watching it. Yeah, for, for, for those of you who can't see what I'm doing, I would just be watching it <laughs> without making a sound. But we want you to talk about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it was funny because watching it, too, and I was like, I took the worst dragon screw in the world. I was like, oh, that's terrible. And no one probably noticed it but you and me. Yeah, it well, so, so bad. And so when you gave me the enziguri, I took a, a back bump, and I don't know. Oh. So you gave me, an, like, uh, an enziguri, and I took a back bump, and then Shad... Uh, after the match, Shad Gaspar. Shad Gaspar. Oh so after the match, he uh, comes up to me, like, because we had to change and remember that different locker room, like, oh that, yeah, the jobber yeah, locker. Room. Yeah, so guys, like, yeah. and so, uh, and so he 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 said, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, good stuff tonight, but um, you shouldn't take a back bump on an integrity. <laughs> Like uh, okay, you know? yeah, like listen, motherfucker. Let me tell you a thing or two about wrestling, okay? You probably had no idea that you'd had 15 years experience or whatever yeah, yeah, it was, you yeah. know? <laughs> How was that coming out there? Like they put you in NXT, and obviously you were with the Miz. And I mean, I think we've probably talked about it before, but but it just like it seems so. So I thought it was a really cool opportunity, especially the stuff with the Miz. And I, what. What's really funny is that they never played this up. So they explained the show to us like this. We were going to have mentors, right? And so the, we'd have these mentors and we would be their rookies and that they would be training us in being in WWE. So I thought, great. I had some nicer gear. I'm not going to wear it. Mm. I'm going to wear the plainest gear possible. And I'm going to make my hair a bowl cut. Because <laughs> this is what what I was honestly thinking was that like, Okay, you put me with the Miz. He's going to teach me to be a star. Like, oh, sure, you can wrestle, but that doesn't matter here. You know what I mean? You need to be a star, whatever it is. So, and I like that idea. Miz liked that idea, like all this stuff. But they just never did it. So I just. <laughs> I never explained yeah, it. Yeah, I just came out looking like a doofus every week. <laughs> <laughs> like because like before like when I was in uh, Ring of Honor before that I had kind of had longer hair and my beard a little bit you know and I thought oh you know I'm gonna make myself look like a real, yeah. real nerd and then they just went with oh Daniel Bryan's just a nerd that's his gimmick <laughs> so see that's true like uh, a dedication yeah I did that for, for the New Japan thing I was like I was like. I'd always watch guys like Tenru and Choshu and those guys. And like, I'm thinking, if I'm going to New Japan, I'm going to be like a crazy freaking heavyweight. So I gained five pounds. Uh -huh. Just like, I wanted to be bigger. But you know, they're very thick. Yeah. I'm thick, anyways. I've never been like a, a, a back, you know, right. chiseled guy. Svelte. You've svelte. never been svelte. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but to, just, I felt like Robert De Niro and Raging Bullock. I'm trying to put on five pounds. I mean, this is terrible. Yeah. When do you ever eat so much? Right. But I, I wanted a certain look for that match uh -huh. to really. And maybe it was just. A, 
I might be the only one that noticed, but it just felt like a different guy. Yeah. You know, that's cool that you did that. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the, I mean, there, and I've always kind of thought in terms of that, like, okay, because the look is a big part of the presentation, like we were just talking about before, as far as like my size, I don't necessarily need to be bigger, but if you're not going to be bigger, you need to have a certain presence about you or a certain thing that if you're small, if you're small, how do you compete with big guys for to a casual fan, right? Yeah. Like all that kind of stuff. And so all that kind of stuff just interests me. And it's like, it's probably stuff that doesn't matter to the people who are booking WWE, but like to me it does. And mm -hmm. so it's like, because if I were a fan, I'd be like, okay, I'd want to know why, why this person thinks that he can beat these people 50 pounds heavier than him right, or right, why right, he right. can beat the big show or whatever it is. You know mm. what I mean? And so a lot of um, it's your style too, though, like a yeah, stronger style. Yeah. Very crisp. Yeah. You know, not so, stiff, but crisp. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I don't shy away from the term stiff. I think it like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference between stiff and dangerous. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, um, and, and it makes it, especially like, I mean, a guy my size in WWE when I came in, a guy, like you're a couple inches shorter. Not that it makes any difference, like we said, but when you have like Eddie, Eddie yeah. and that Brock match, Eddie yeah. looked great, but he also worked so hard and yeah. so strong style. Benoit was the same. Yeah. He made it believe right. that this guy could kick somebody's ass, you know, three sizes bigger. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about, you know, how like when you came in, you were like a small guy. Yeah. Right. I was just talking with Shawn Michaels about that. Wow. And so like how he was always considered a small yeah. guy, like a really small guy. And like. Sean's like six feet tall. I know. And he was and, probably 225, 230 yeah. muscle back then. <laughs> and too. then like and then you think of like X Pac, right? Who was like, oh, skinny, yeah. one, two, three kid, and like really small. And like he's like six two. Yeah. And like Oh, <laughs> and I know. Just, and you just like and it's just like and Sean was talking about how like cause I was talking about Gargano, how I wanted Johnny Gargano up on SmackDown. And uh and Sean, like, because you can see it still part of him is like how are these guys like he, Sean thinks that he, way? He, yeah. it's not like it's no, not it's old, that it's his it's mentality like, from yeah, the 80s his first yeah. thought is this guy's 165 yeah. pounds but then but mentally he's like it doesn't matter he connects with the fans and he's really good at what he does right. you know and so he'll get over but like but it's still that it's the where they came in yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still like that too. Like yeah. you, know, you mentioned uh, going to the gym and training. It's like I think you should at least still do that. Yeah. But there's so many guys that don't, and you got a few guys that like you know Kevin Owens. That's his gimmick. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys that just don't train, and and it's, it blows my mind. Yeah. You know, it, oh, to me that was always part of it. You look like a star. Yeah. And as uh, indie wrestling being as big as it is. You know, there's some guys that are really popular. They're like, oh, my gosh. They look like, you know, like like fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same way that Sean would say that or whatever. I remember Nash said that about Punk once. You look like a guy at the Waffle House. Because my foot, I'm like, not really. I mean, yeah. maybe compared to guys that you can't remember, at least Punk looks like a star. Right, right. yeah, yeah. But there's guys that don't even look to anything like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? But I guess, like you said, people just don't care as much anymore like they used to. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about Total Bellas as we wind down here. I want to talk a little bit about Cena's house and if that was, we mentioned it earlier, some of his weird rules. Okay. Can you tell me some of the weird weird rules? Uh, I mean, it's just like okay, things like you have to make your bed every morning, mm. and like I forget what the rules I forget what the rules were are now, but it's just like no shoes in the house, like, and the, you have to understand how opposite all of this is from the way Bree and I live. So like. Uh, so I would go, I would go out and garden barefoot, come in with dirty feet and then like, okay, it's fine. We'll clean it up when we get to it. You know what I mean? But it's like if I have wood chips on my feet and they come in and then the dogs are running in and out and all that kind of stuff. And keep in mind. So uh, Nicole and John had just gotten their French bulldog, Winston, who he was like a poop machine all over the place. <laughs> but then we had Josie too, our French bulldog. And then Josie bit John while both Bree and I were away. And it's like, <laughs> it was like, it was chaos. The whole thing was chaos. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, but I'm somebody who I had never any interest in being a part of any reality show. That's not my deal. Like, uh, I've never been part in any of the WWE movies or anything like yeah. that. Like, that's never been like an interest of mine or anything like that. This is all just because I'm. I married Bree, <laughs> so it's like I've kind of been been forced you get into, it. into it. Yeah. yeah, but it's you know it's crazy because people ask me about it and like there are some things that I really don't like about it. There, I'm very concerned about our baby 
being filmed mm. all the time. Like just getting this concept of people are filming us all the time. We're special or we're this or we're that or whatever it is. I think that's just like a, you see all the child stars who right, come up right, and being, right. being, you know, and that greatly, greatly concerns me. But that said, being a part of these reality shows has uh, really benefited us. Like just our, we've gotten to do some really cool things. And then, of course, financially and stuff for Brie, it's so good for them and getting their their brand brand mm -hmm. yeah, branding you brand know like yeah. all yeah all that kind of stuff which is not my deal either but like it's <laughs> but but i mean as far as like okay how the world works now like yeah. all that stuff is is important it's beneficial so, right yeah right, right. yeah so you're too real to be on a reality show yeah yeah so <laughs> I think the one that i saw was seeing is that you have to dress for dinner yeah oh, we did every every week we would do this dinner where we had to dress up and it was just like that was real. That's real. And it's like, uh, and it was, I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's like, if I'm, I don't, I don't want to put on a suit mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Like, like, why would I want to, why would I sit down with my family with a suit on? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like maybe we should have boxer short dinner where it's like everybody <laughs> just shows up in their underwear. Can and we have like, plaid and corduroy dinner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, just show up in your PJs or whatever it is, you know, like casual. We'll have casual dinner night. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Another thing was, is that we all, like we all had to get together every morning and have coffee or something together. I mean, some of these things were just like, he made these rules to make it more entertaining for the show mm. but they were legitimate rules mm -hmm. and it's like you know how john is he's kind of like stern yeah. you know and so it's like you know he's, so. he's working most of the time too you know yeah he's yeah, always yeah. got the little bit of a, like i see him now he like he's always wearing these ridiculously weird suits uh -huh. like he just wears suits now all the time yeah like he'll go on to like you know whatever before it was always the jean shorts hat uh -huh. he just decided one day i'm wearing suits every day yeah all the time with like big giant like stripes on them and yeah. stuff like that it's like vince kind of kind of yeah. wow there you go <laughs> yeah. last few questions now that you're back mm -hmm. um what's your i mean not the overall goal but what, what do you what do you want to hope to accomplish with this run before you do you know oh i am very i'm a goalless person <laughs> i uh yeah I, people talk about the importance of setting goals and all that kind of stuff my goals are to be a good father and to be a good husband and um and to enjoy my life for as long as I get to live it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we never know what's going to happen from day to day and all that kind of stuff. And so it's uh, it's crazy. Like, so I don't really have goals as far as that goes other than just uh, my goal has always been this in wrestling. And people talk about like, oh, uh, being the best or doing whatever. I want to do this or I want to do that. I really just want to be the best that I can be in this thing that I love so much and, mm. and do stuff that I'm proud of, right? Mm. So there were some matches that I had before I left that, I mean, it, it's not like anybody raves about them or anything like that, you know? But I, there are matches that I was very proud of and I was proud of the, some of the things that I did that w aren't the things that people would think, right? Like I had this match with Sheamus right before... Um, right before I had gotten my concussion, I was very proud of. And it was just like, I liked the way that it worked and the way that it looked and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, like this is, this is how I like wrestling. I, so I guess the thing for me is doing the wrestling that I like doing, mm -hmm. not just doing stuff just because or whatever, because I'm trying to get cheered or because I'm trying to get this position or whatever. But, um, but, but just, enjoying enjoying it while i can because now that it's been taken away from me i know what it's like to lose it right mm. so but i also feel uh i feel very fortunate right now because my personal life is so awesome like brie and baby are just awesome and i love being at home and i love waking up like when the baby wakes up when birdie wakes up the first things that she comes in and does is she comes into bed with us and she just rolls around all over us <laughs> and it's just like it's my favorite thing and like i'm at home and constantly thinking like wow like i have this amazing life and then now that i've gotten cleared to wrestle it's like wow i get to do this thing that i really love to do again mm -hmm. that i didn't know if i was ever going to be able to do at this level to where i'm going to be wrestling tomorrow in front of 65,000 or 70,000 right, people right, right. in Saudi Arabia. I, know. I was in Louisville, Kentucky last <laughs> night, right? And so it's like uh, 75 years ago, there wasn't a person on this planet who had traveled from Louisville <laughs> to Saudi Arabia in, in one, one day. day. <laughs> hey, where did you get the name Burry? Uh, so because everybody in my family 
they were all B names. Yeah. So it was Buddy, Betty, Billy, Brian. Uh -huh. And so I so happened to marry Brianna. Uh -huh. And so the one thing that I asked was that we name our kids with B names. And so she kind of came up with the name Birdie. Um, and it just felt right because it's kind of like old school English type yeah. name, but then also very nature inspired. And then her middle name is Joe after Bree's grandfather, who she was very, very close with. So well, I told you my great grandma's name was Birdie. Yeah, it was Birdie Irvin. Yeah. I remember like that's the only person I've ever heard named Birdie until your daughter. I was like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Birdie Irvin. And yeah. <laughs> Birdie, Ir Birdie, but Birdie Irvin doesn't sound nearly as good as Birdie, Birdie Joe Danielson. <laughs> but this was back in the old yeah. days. Yeah. So like, last thing, how was it for you when you were gone every show people doing the yes thing so it's weird because it's neat right but it's like uh it almost made me want to wrestle more because it's so the point isn't the point for me isn't to get a reaction like i don't i it gets it gives me no joy to just walk out and get a reaction what gives me joy is when people are already invested in you like that like when people are already invested in you like that then you can get better reactions while you're wrestling while i'm doing the thing that i love so i looked at it as like a wasted reaction like i go out there and especially the times where i'd have to sit at ringside and watch matches and they'd come out i'd come out and people would be like yes 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 and the crowd's you know great and it does it feels good but then you're just like oh this is being so wasted because we yeah, could transfer this yeah, into yeah. into something more than just like Yay, we're excited to see this guy. We can transfer it into, okay, let's get behind him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, course, so, of course. So, yeah. So that it's like your fan base never subsided and never went away. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I thought was, was cool. Even like at Fozzie shows, at the end of the show, like we do like a, like a, like a bow, when I put my hand up, bow, bow, bow. When I get to the point where both of them are up in the air and we get to that, I always see people going, yes, yeah. And then they realize, oh, we're not supposed to be doing yes. He's just going faster. <laughs> they still think, they're still like, oh, this is where, we're does he want to lead a yes? Oh, no, right. we're moving to the next thing. Well, do you know what's interesting to me? And I actually, I actually think this is cool is that people use yes chants and have no idea who I am. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. so like uh, Hunter Pence, who was, when the San Francisco Giants won the World Series, he started doing it had no he had just seen it from another sports team who was doing it and thought it was cool and he started doing it right. and but the idea um i think one of the things that's cool with the idea is that it's very actionable and it's it it spreads positivity and that you can take it to things that have nothing to do with wrestling yeah and so that so the yes chant will probably i not that I hope this, but the, the yes chant is so good for so many situations where you're happy about something or something that it was. It's now it's it's more than wrestling. It's universal, you see it, yeah. yeah. You see it in stuff, and it has, and it's not connected to me, and it, but it's just taken, and it's just a way to show that you're excited about something. Yeah. The way that, and, and I think that that's really super cool. So yeah, the coolest, yeah. We're gonna see it tomorrow with sixty-five thousand people doing it at once. Well, I always wonder whenever we come to places like this that I've I've never wrestled in Saudi Arabia. Uh -huh. I wasn't here the last time they did it. I always wonder like, are they actually WWE fans or are they're just like a couple a couple friends of the prince? Yeah, it was yeah. weird the show because it sold out, but like two days earlier, it's like oh, still lots of tickets. It's not selling well, and then suddenly it sold out. Yeah, and we get someone make a call and like Sheikh Habib or whatever bought like forty thousand tickets. Yeah, and it's so, gonna give them all his yeah, friends. Yeah, and then now all these people are just who have no concept, and then like why? Why is this very small man coming out here and throwing his arms in the air? I don't get it. What does yes mean? Yeah. <laughs> Who is that big man? I like that big man. Yeah. Kali will be the little yeah, sober yeah, yeah, all yeah, of us yeah. as usual. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, Welcome thank back. You. <laughs> all right, Daniel Bryan is back. He's returned to everything, and he's just got the best of big cast and backlash. He beat him. It's going to be fun to see where he's headed, and thanks to Daniel for the time in Saudi Arabia. Always great to have him on Talk is Jericho. Always great to have you here on Talk is Jericho. And coming up Friday, Beatles Benante with the Beatles Benante Part 2. Charlie Benante of Anthrax discussing three new Beatles albums track by track, talking all about the Fab Four. And we're joined by fellow Beatles fanatic Sammy Zayn. So there you go, with the Beatles Benante Part 2. Uh, Sammy Zayn, Chris Jericho, Charlie Benanti talking all about the Beatles. I think you're going to love it. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>